0: Rogers, Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers' world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy, whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team, or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started.
1: Here to give you a first hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business, it's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast.
0: million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit StartupCan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my Lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. This is a real treat for me to have this really amazing entrepreneur on the Startup Canada podcast show. We're just thrilled to introduce the creator behind this exciting crowdfunding project called Jamstack. Jamstack is the world's first, that's right, first attachable guitar amplifier that is not only lightweight but sounds incredible with an unlimited number of effects you cannot connect directly with your smartphone chris Prendergast, a science teacher who has also been known as guitar chris during his college years was inspired by his own pain point as a guitarist and the idea Guess what? Became a hit. The campaign has raised more than eighty thousand dollars in Kickstarter, and he's working towards to reach just as much in Indiegogo. And I want to talk about the differences between Kickstarter and Indiegogo with him. You can also see his pitch in CBC's Dragons Den, where he awed the dragons and successfully broke get this a two hundred thousand dollar investment deal. Now the company is preparing for its first shipment, and the excitement cannot get more amplified. Oh man, I love our scriptwriters. On today's podcast, we're going to talk to Chris about crowdfunding, how it's enabled him, and of course about Jamstack, how it all started. And uh, Chris, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. Thank you so much for having
1: me. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah. Well, look, uh, I got to, I got to uh, have hear this story. A science teacher connected to music, uh, but created this electrical device somehow connecting to your spark dude take us on the journey of your pain point that started this uh, this journey to have your own company jamstack
1: yeah, sure. So um, the uh, invention side and the business side were, were couldn't be more separate in how it all unfolded. I, at the time, was just a teacher that knew nothing about business and was, yeah, frustrated with um, with how long it took to play guitar. And I like to play along to music. And that was a big pain. You had to get the stereo set up and then drag the amp in the living room. <laughs> yeah. And it took 20 minutes and, you know, it had to be super loud because that's how amps work. And it was just, I, I, I just figured there... I couldn't be the only one and um, well, even at the time, but even before that, even before that, I was just like, hey, there's got to be a better way. Uh, so yeah, I, I just asked, started asking the question. I remember I had a distinct thought. I wish all of this equipment could be on my guitar. Wouldn't that make things so much simpler? And then kind of asked the question, well, you know, why not? Maybe, maybe it could and that yeah. led me down a path
0: yeah the proverbial why not you know some people ask why some people ask the other question and then the other ones say why yeah. not go ahead and uh, and deal with it and that's exactly what you do so you did so so take us take us through the um you know the first iteration of jamstack
1: sure yeah actually very very first it was actually a custom uh guitar. So ah. I, I, I drilled, I, uh, I had a, a spare travel guitar and I, uh, I drilled a huge hole in it <laughs> and, uh, put in some, some speakers, uh, that, that I, that I bought, um, just like aftermarket speakers and, and, and did some custom wiring underneath all the pick guard. There's like lots of space there at a chisel away, a bunch of extra space. <laughs> and, uh, th- I had a, we had a 3d printer at the school. So I 3d printed a phone mount and drilled it. Nice. And yeah, but, and it, but the, the take home was, is that it was super fun and yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed using it and people thought it was really neat. Um, but then, uh, but then I started to think about, well, what, you know, it would be really cool if I could play, you know, my favorite guitar uh, with this kind of functionality, right? And not, you know, this kind of Frankenstein I created <laughs> and, and started asking another question, a separate question of, could I make it modular? Did you uh, when you went started
0: that first uh, uh, you know one of Jam Jamstack? How heavy was it? So you mean the amp or the guitar? Well, the whole thing. Once you put it together, like, did you did you say, "Oh my gosh, I can only play this for like ten minutes before it's going to break my arms." <laughs>
1: No, no, no. See, I started again with design. You kind of start with that as your constraint. You're like, you know what? Well, what are the things that you can't be? Right? Okay. Like, like, well, you know, I, so I actually initially, when I was first um, making my amplifier, I took a heart, uh, a Tupperware container <laughs> and I, I filled it with a bunch of nuts and bolts. Brilliant. And, and I duct taped it onto the back of my guitar and I kept adding pieces and taking until I was like, you know what? That doesn't bug me. I can't feel this. Nice. Um, This is what, we can't go any heavier here. And then I started looking for, you know, speakers and adding everything up that that was less than that amount of weight.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what I, what I really see is happening. I'm a big fan of saying that all businesses is a laboratory and you as a science teacher would, uh, of course, get oh, that yeah. atmosphere big time. But the fact is that it wasn't about, it wasn't about I have to make the technology first. It was about I have to make it comfortable for the consumer and how many scientists or engineers do it the opposite. It's like, what do I need to invent first? And then I'll worry about what's important yeah. to the people that are ultimately going to pay for. it. So I mean, dude, that you you are an extreme opposite of what a science teacher is in that regard. So I I uh, I really think that's an awesome lesson for uh, for everybody to hear. So you 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 got the Tupperware on. You've created this this uh, 1.0 of jamstack. What did you do after you said, okay, I'm
2: happy with it? Uh,
1: so so I had a proof of concept. So something that. Uh, that 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 again was fun to use. Sounded good, and I actually shrouded it. Uh, I took it outside, but I shrouded it in a cardboard box cause I really didn't want anyone to think uh, <laughs> that, that that was what it was supposed to look like. Yeah. But I, uh, so I, I, there was some innovation hubs around and eventually they pointed me to this industrial design firm downtown and I brought it in and I said, look, guys, like, I think this has a lot of potential here. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, you know, we need to get something beautiful, something, something that, you know, works great and, and looks like a finished product, but, well, you know, we would be willing to help me out. And then they were interested. They, they bit, and they were willing to work with me um, for a money that I could afford in return for a kickback of a crowdfunding campaign and all of a sudden I had a path Uh, path to get this thing done. So when you suggested that to them, it's it's great lessons in learning. We've had a chance to talk
0: before, uh, Chris, but uh, the the lessons you've learned right there is you understood your limitation and you said, Mm -hmm. okay, there's got to be a way around this brick wall. When you position to these guys, look, I've only got X amount of dollars and the rest is going to come from a crowdfunding fund, uh, campaign, whatever it is. You know, Mm -hmm. did they instantly get it or did they say, dude, you're nuts or something in between
1: um no i was really lucky they they instantly got got it they instantly liked me they instantly thought the product had a lot of potential i think they okay so they weren't like yep yeah, let's do this they were like well look we we like you we like this product we're interested however we want you to have a crowdfunding manager secured who's right. had you know a history of success to make sure that you know we have a chance of getting our some our money back here and you know all the pieces in place, so I was like, okay, you know that's fine. Now I've got you. I can go and say, hey, look, I've got this industrial yep. design firm. We've got me. So the pieces started to come. Yeah, because you leverage one against the other, and then sure. so the crowd, then I then I, the crowdfunding manager I convinced as well, and then we yeah that's when we were off to the races. Oh, that's so cool. And
0: uh, just uh, um, uh, from the crowdfunding perspective, did you promise – so say it was, a I don't know, a $30,000 $30, uh, uh, piece for the manufacturing guys to do. Did you promise them something up front and then more that would equate into 35000 Again, I'm trying to get from the lesson perspective to our, our listeners as to whether or not you had to go
1: hmm. add interest yeah. to it. So this is what this is what I recommend uh, as well. When you're going approaching somebody and you think you know, obviously have your ducks in a row and say, look, I'm going to cover your costs, so you're not going to lose money on this. You ah. might not, right? So I'm going to cover like you know, so that you're not you know taking a bath on this because this is a bit of a risk for you. But usually, you know, you have operating expenses and you you want to grow and they want to make a profit. So you go to them and say, look, I want to cover, you know, hopefully just cover your costs. Um, maybe, maybe they're, you know, a a short loss, but the upside could be quite big and, and not only big for the crowdfunding, but they wanted to manufacture this as well. So there was several upsides, right? So that's how you pitch it to them and say, look, you know, uh, we're going to tie our success in together here, but just, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a delicate spot right now. I just don't have a ton of funds. So, you know, let's invest in me so that we can all succeed together. And I, and yeah, I've done that several times since, and it works really well <laughs> did you uh, but because there's a, the tie into a, a bigger picture story that's
0: the uh, that's the real carrot if you want to call it that's right yeah so right. Did, did you um did you have to sign an agreement with them uh did you do a one pager was it a handshake deal how'd that uh, piece go
1: yeah. One pager. So nice. we definitely had an agreement for sure. Yep. Um, but it was pretty, because it was, it was a short-term agreement. We didn't do sure. like the whole, like, Hey, this is what it's going to be like when we manufacture. We're like, you know, this is the agreement for now. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, as this process goes, if it goes really well, it, the tables kind of turn and they pitch to me, Hey, we want to make <laughs> this for you kind of yeah. thing. Right. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And, well, You didn't you did yeah. raise
0: $80,000 in your Kickstarter program. Is that correct?
1: That's right, and, mm. and then went on to do Indiegogo as well. Yeah. Uh, shortly afterwards, so
0: what are some uh, what are some some keys to you know the the Chris Prendergrass uh, uh, crowdfunding success chest that you would say a book that you say you got to do this and this mm. as a must in order to be successful in a crowdfunding program.
1: Yeah, so you must have a large audience waiting to buy before you launch do not expect the organic audience alone t- to to have access to them just because you go on their site. nobody is going to see your page unless you are featured somehow by the site itself and then it can be a quite a big snowball effect um, getting in getting in uh, to featured in the in the front page in the top of your category or at least high up in your category ranking high and getting maybe sent out through their email blast and all of those things are based on big Day ones because they want they they are they want to make money too because they make yes. a, a a profit on on everything that they're uh, selling so they only feature campaigns that they think are gonna convert really high so the more people that see it and go there the more people buy then they're gonna feature you so it's all based on conversions and how much success you're having so you must have a big list you must have great aesthetics on everything that you're doing. Uh, you, you know, great video and, and page and, and a, a page that takes them through a journey that gives them a lot of faith and, and trust in you. Uh, great rewards, you know, that make sense yeah. and that uh, that are tiered based on someone's comfort level coming in to support you. You want to have something there for everybody. Um, did you have a big yeah. list? Did you have a good list, a creative list? Mm-hmm, hmm We had, uh, so, and not only just having a list, but you need to indoctrinate them too. So we right. had uh, like 6,000 people um, right. that were had expressed interest. And they said, look, you know, you're going to get a discount on top of the crowdfunding if you come in on day one. And, you know, we'd been talking to them for for a few weeks. So right. it wasn't just like we got their email and forgot about them. We'd been feeding them more information, getting them more excited. And again, you have to have all that content. You know, you have to have videos to send them. You have to have, you um, I mean, you don't have to have plan every single email from day 1, but you have to have enough content to make sure that you that you can keep sharing with people and getting them excited. Did you, uh, but you say you
0: had people that expressed interest since day 1, so I'm missing the the, uh, the connection point here. Uh yep. bucket of bolts uh in a box to a manufacturer, yep. Kickstarter campaign and now you got 6,000 yep. interested people. Where's the bridge between that?
1: Yep. Fair great great question. Uh so couple things so uh there's pr and there's pitching and there's trying to get press and all those things but the, really it comes down to paid paid ads so we created ah. this we created this uh yeah it costs money for those for those people they're not free but they the the thing is it snowballs and it's worth the investment so it's Crowdfunding can be a risk. Like we, we did testing along the way to make sure this was gonna work and to see what the numbers were. We didn't just like, you know, splash all this money in all at once, but right. you know, you start running ads and then you're like, okay, you know, people are obviously interested. So you create a great landing page that looks good with the big buttons, you know, uh. saying Uh, you know, sign up your email here if you want the discount for day one. So people do, and you pay for those emails. It's about ranges from anywhere between $2 and three, $4, uh, depending. Uh, so yeah, we had to, we had to, we had to buy those. And then for Indiegogo, uh, we had a lot of uh, PR and stuff, um, from some press that we'd gotten from kickstarter and of course even for kickstarter we had some we had contacted some influencers and some blogs and asked them to write about us and again everyone linking to that website so it was a combination of organic and paid ads but mostly paid ads what's the difference between
0: you in your opinion um the uh, i guess the value proposition difference between kickstarter and indiegogo
1: Mm. So Indiegogo, um, I'm a big fan of Indiegogo to be honest. And I, I'm probably biased because we did a lot better there. We raised, uh, we raised, uh, over 300,000 on Indiegogo, um, and only 80,000 on Kickstarter. But, uh, I mean, but it's hard to say because, you know, we did, we did have some more exposure here, but I, and I think that, and we just shot a better video, but the, if you're trying to get, uh, the organic audience at Kickstarter, it's a lot, uh, harder. Uh, there's so many huge companies throwing massive dollars, um, like established companies. Uh, kicks that it can it can be very hard to uh get featured there i mean technically they have a bigger organic audience and they have a good brand but it's becoming less of a difference uh, between in, the people can you know how they view indiegogo versus kickstarter and indiegogo has better tools they're they're they're, it, they're the back end is easier to use you can see where the traffic is coming from easier you can create uh trackable links easier so i and, and also indiegogo can set you up with a, a consultant to help you out so i'm a fan of them yeah and you, and you highly, highly
0: recommend, if I remember the last time we chatted, that you have a campaign coach, if I could call it that, to, uh, to guide you through the,
1: you know, this journey you're going to go on. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think that that's, that's really important. If this is your first time, there's so many things involved. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't see, I most certainly, uh, would not have succeeded without a crowdfunding manager of some kind. Very cool. Um, I want to. Um, I want to talk about
0: you. You know, while all this is going on, you're still a science teacher. Yes, yes, full time, <laughs> full time. And uh, and so, when you were building all this, uh, while well, being a science teacher, is there any publicity that your uh, that your students are seeing is happening, or did that come later and
1: say, "Oh my gosh, Mr. Prendergast, <laughs> you're you're famous." Um, I had. Uh, I actually tried to hide it from my students for the most part Uh, some of them are only finding out now and i've got a few like oh my god emails on uh (laughs) from from them but um so a lot of people were look everyone wants to tell a story right so when you're trying to get press um everyone wants a story and the story for the most part was you know Local science teacher creates awesome invention, blah, 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 because it was neat. It was weird. It was it was different <laughs> it and was interesting. Um, so that helped for sure to have an interesting angle to approach things from. And people, yeah, everyone I spoke to was very interested uh, that, that that's who I was. And that's kind of, I was doing something so unique, but they, uh, I, I never like brought the prototype into class or anything like that, uh, you know. It's still a it's still a very cool
0: journey for them, I'm sure, when, you know, I remember yeah, yeah. when Mr. Prendergast was my science teacher, and now look yeah. at him. So, um, Guitar Chris, What's uh, tell me the story behind Guitar Yeah, Chris. so um,
1: in university, I, I started getting obsessed uh, with guitar, and I had my acoustic at the time, because again, nothing easy to, to move around, with me everywhere. I was brought to classes, I had it in the dorm, I had it outside, and I was just always, you know, playing by myself, <laughs> jamming with friends and uh you know obviously there's a lot of people in a dorm room so uh you know there's like i remember we yeah. had a friend called sketchy steve because there's a lot of steves and he was the sketchy steve and i was i was <laughs> guitar <laughs> chris because there was other Chris's and i was uh who, who do you mean well guitar chris and then it just became guitar chris yeah. after that
0: it's so funny. I remember I'm going to university, the nicknames that flew around my, uh, my residence. And you know what? I thought it was cool then. And so, uh, there was a famous book, uh, foot, uh, baseball player named Mickey Rivers. And so that became my name. I was like, I, I never played baseball in my life, but I said, Oh, that's cool. I got yeah. a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after, you know, when you were, when you did the, uh, the, the crowdfunding campaigns, um, what did uh, what did Jamstack look like at that point? The first so one, so
1: it uh, very similar to how it looks now, except it had uh, it was. Again, it was a, a prototype so made of custom parts and it had a logo very similar to Marshall logo. Um, now we wanted that association we wanted to make sure that people realized that it was an amplifier kind of right away so we really worked at that aesthetic but at, as time passed we wanted to really carve out our own identity um, so we've since changed just the way the word mark looks but it didn't it hasn't changed too too much from 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 way back then We got we just made some subtle improvements uh, you know, change the buttons around, but it's very similar. And you took it to Dragon's Den. Yeah, that was fun. That was super fun. So, um, Mm. yeah, they, they actually, you know, they set you up with your own producer and, and, uh, give you a lot of coaching and then really try to help you. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. She was a lovely lady and, uh, she worked with me, uh, quite a bit to, um, to try and make sure I was well-prepared. Like she even like on the, you know, uh, day of in the back room, you know, was listening to my pitch, you know, Uh, it was cute. So, and anyway, yeah, going in, obviously your heart's pounding out of your chest. It's this big, huge black room. It kind of swallows you up. You can't really, you don't really uh, notice, you don't really feel at first, you're just super no, uh, super nervous, but you can't see any of the cameras. They're all shrouded in curtains even behind them. Like the little lenses just poke out. Oh, that's Yeah, awesome. yeah. you can't see. All you can really see is black and then the set and them. So after a while, I started to like, you, know, you get pulled into it and really focus. And uh, it's funny because it's 25 minutes and they cut it down to like three minutes. So it's not as rapid fire uh-huh. as you might think. Like there's times where... No one, no one's saying anything, right. and you're just kind of like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> "Who's gonna ask?" Me? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. It doesn't come off that way on the show, but anyway, it was it was a great experience. Two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand uh, dollars. What
0: was the what was the what was the the basis of the deal that you you accepted, and did you complete uh, the deal? So-
1: Uh, we ended up actually not, uh, taking the money. So I, we were intent, we did, we honestly intended to, we really, we really did. And, but, uh, because of this was in between the two campaigns. Uh, so we, uh, pre-orders, we, we did another, we did another $500,000 in pre-orders, uh, since, since, uh, yeah, since, since when we were on the show. So, um, essentially we were worth more money, uh, by that time that happened and had a lot of exposure and got a lot of awesome parties involved. And, um, yeah, so we, we ended up, um, going a different route, but, uh, uh, I think it would have went well with them as well, but that's just what ended up happening with us.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, you, you know, part of the deal is the dragons. You know, they make an offer. You uh, things change that offer because it doesn't come through. Uh, you have the right to change that. I'm I'm very intrigued with the fact that the same situation would happen for you know the company that you don't have to fulfill the offer if indeed it still continues to come through. Uh, there's there's obviously not that obligation just like there is for the dragons. You can both walk away at any point in time, even at the 11th yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah. So that true?
1: actually, it's not. far off what happens in closed boardrooms all around when people are uh, you 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 present kind of what your business is all about you shake hands on essentially a term a set of terms uh sometimes the term sheets are more complex than others sometimes it's just this for that this much and then uh and then you go through a process called due diligence where they ask for financial documents they want to see you know how big your market is they want to see um, all the contracts that you have and then you know then they make sure that everything is as you said it was and then you know and then they you know they they do their own well, maybe they do some more homework ask some of their advisors and and then make the final decision so that that's pretty standard uh how that works some sometimes that lasts a week sometimes that lasts four months just depends on who you're dealing with yeah very cool so you're have have you shipped Uh, i know we're just about to start tooling so uh a couple tooling is it's the process of creating the molds and the machinery necessary for mass production so yeah so uh that's uh pricey but we're all funded for that so we're going to just start yeah we're starting to making the molds hopefully uh just before christmas and uh yeah and then we should have products uh the very first product coming off the line around february
0: so, uh, can you tell us how many product, how many orders you have? Uh, not necessarily revenue, but uh, the number of jam stacks that are that are waiting mm-hmm. to go under. Yeah. Well, not
1: the Christmas tree. Yeah, but I know. The it would be nice to go under the Christmas tree. But um, so we're at about. I can check the latest numbers, but it's in the order of twenty eight hundred. So two thousand eight hundred units have been uh, have been bought and paid <laughs> That's for. That's great. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome.
0: And have you uh, like you know, as, as a business person myself, um, I would think if you that there's going to be people that are oh, yeah. anxious. Have you got uh, ten percent of your audience? Where is it? When's it coming? Is it coming for sure? Yes, uh, do you have that absolutely,
1: happening? of course. And I understand that. Look, some people are very very anxious. It's been a while that they've been waiting, and they're really enthusiastic about get about getting it. Yes. I mean. They, are, they did come in at, at, a, at a huge discount uh, compared to what the other people will be paying. But yes, um, most people have been very <laughs> yeah. understanding, which is fantastic, understanding how long it takes to create something of quality. But, you know, I am getting various levels of, hey, Chris, you know, when's this coming? Come on, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, uh, when you say they're getting a discount for people that are wondering, you know, how far do you discount it? Is it below Uh, cost?
1: So we essentially, it's not quite below cost, but it's, we definitely did not make we lost money essentially, but we didn't blow below cost because again, there's all these startup costs, there's engineering, right, and tooling. right.
2: So right. essentially,
1: you you don't you don't make a profit for sure off that piece, but you you so you discount it so that you can cover your costs and the cost of the goods, uh, and kind of just break even yeah. essentially, and plus advertising as well. So that's yeah. how you structure, yeah, and. Uh, and now you
0: don't have any equity you've given up in the company. You have mm-hmm. no debt associated mm-hmm. for most cases and, uh, you're rocking ready to go. And so as the, as the orders keep coming in afterwards, that's when the, the real fun starts to happen. Now, how will you, um, how will you engage the, the people who are bought, uh, with getting them to help you sell more? Uh,
1: that's a good question. Um, so we have uh, a Facebook group. What, what I really want to see happen is... Uh, to do in an influencer campaign. So start sending these out to, um, to YouTubers and people on Facebook, Instagram and, and, and get them to, yeah. to have fun with it and show people how fun it is and create content. And then, you know, even create, have affiliates as well who, uh, you know, send out a link and get a kickback for people buy off their link, those kinds of things. So I'm really hoping that people, you know, people hope that yeah. if you love something, you tell people and also share it on, on social media because it's, cause it's neat what you can do with it. But the real key thing in your journey right
0: now is making sure that that first shipment are top notch quality, quality, quality <laughs> is so important for you and quality and ultimately the, the deliverable of that quality. When exactly. The sound starts and, to and happen. It,
1: you know, as a, we, we want to do this as a company long term, we're not trying to just, you know, obviously you don't, you don't make money on crowdfunding. We want to, we want to make money in the long run and you've got to build a brand based yeah. on something. And yes, that's, that's the idea. Are you,
0: uh, are you the, 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 solo, the solo entrepreneur running the or You get some other people working with you.
1: I, so I've got some people that are very, very close to the campaign. These contractors, uh, including, uh, industrial design firm and my marketing head, uh-huh. uh, my marketing, uh, crowdfunding manager still, uh, and my videographer, but I don't have any official employees. And, and, uh, so it's pretty much, I'm essentially a one man show, uh, as far as full time goes. But you know, it's an interesting
0: conversation because I'm a, I'm a big believer that business is a team sport, and people naturally think you got to have employees on your in your business in order to make the team. But as you just talked about, you know, three or four different versions of team members who yes. aren't employees, but they're still part of the game of yes. bringing Jamstack to uh, to the market. So I think you bring up an excellent point there. I mean, ultimately, you don't you need a lawyer to help you do all these uh, all these complex legal issues, but you don't bring them in as an employee, but they're still part of your team. The yeah. manufacturer is the same thing.
1: Yes. And my lawyer is fantastic. We talk, we talk today, we talk almost every day. He's amazing uh, help uh, on my team. Um, who else has really been, I have a virtual assistant. She's fantastic. She's been really important on my team. Nice. Uh, nice. There's, uh, yeah. And, and there's like, there's interns, there's contractors, there's there's partners, there's employees. There's a lot of different uh, ways you can get help. But uh, I think contractors make a lot of sense early on because you get the expertise and without the commitment and it works pretty well. Works great. You're no longer a science teacher at
0: that school. You're still you know officially certified as a as a teacher. Have I got a license and so on? But uh, you're working full time on Jamstack. That's yes, that is correct. So our audience, I know is going to, going to ask this question of me. So I'm going to ask it of you, how are you, how are you, how are you living then? Are you taking some of the proceeds from gems from the crowdfunding to help you live? And I understand, you know, you're trying to cover costs. You got to live, you got to eat, you got to put a, a roof over your head. Is that part of the, uh, the, the funding, uh, proceeds? Uh,
1: so we have, um, yes, I, I am paying myself a salary. We just closed actually, uh, some investment as well. Um, so cool. essentially, yeah, that's part of the deal when you draw investment you say look i'm gonna be drawing a, a salary yeah, for myself so you can run the company and actually they insist on it because they want you on full time so mm. so uh yeah yeah like we're yeah we're um I, I can't go into the details too much but we are oh, we, yeah. we, we, no, did no. we did raise some uh we did raise a round of funding um s- yeah Recently, so I, well, I think that that's really important because so many entrepreneurs they think that they have to
0: starve along the way, and then of course what happens is that the company doesn't get the attention because it becomes more of a bothersome than anything because you're not getting any return from it. So, the, and I appreciate your yes. candidness with regards to that. It's it's important to do that. And when I work with entrepreneurs, I always make sure there's a line item there: pay yourself. There's nothing yes. wrong with paying yourself
1: no. along the journey. No, there Very isn't. Cool. There isn't, and that's the thing the states has well, like they understand that in the States. And I hope that Canada does too, because, um, yeah. you know, there is nothing wrong with, with paying yourself modest salaries as you can get by and, and be in good spirits to, to do a great job. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And be in good spirits. Absolutely. Well, Chris, uh, look,
0: congratulations on your journey. I, uh, I'm just, uh, I, what I love about it is the pain point has now resulted into a an amazing epic journey that you're not only, you know, doing well for yourself, but you're teaching other entrepreneurs from from, uh from uh, from coast to coast to coast on this podcast and and you will know, be a great role model for you when you go back to your school and uh, and tell the kids about your journey because you know people need people like you to look up to and uh, as entrepreneurs and i think that's when that's when it really starts to happen you know the the teacher that you used to know went on to uh, <laughs> to do great things so congratulations on your journey keep doing the magic and uh, and how do people uh, if somebody wanted to to order a jam stack now how do they get a, a- <laughs> (laughs) How do they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, jamstack.io. It's all of our information's there, our email's there, and you can pre-order there as well. Brilliant. And if they wanted to just send a quick note to you to say,
0: uh, hey, I got a question. Can they do that through jamstack.io?
1: Yes, you can. There's there's a form right on there. Cool, man. Well, look, thanks so much for your time. Congratulations
0: on the journey uh, and uh, the lessons you just gave us all. Keep on happening, dude. Thank
1: you so much. Appreciate
0: it. leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode.
2: Hi, this is Sean Smith, founder and CEO of Don't Dis My Ability, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett.
0: So, so, what does it mean to have a neurologically diverse condition in, in today's society? For, uh, and I'm not talking about the journey of getting to this point. I'm talking about, you know, what is it like to have that, and and how how uh, are you helping people uh, who have this? As one, you know, you're on the team, uh, ultimately
2: uh, understand it and then thrive right so you know there there are two ways of looking at it i, I can speak from my experience as an individual and self advocate but i can also talk and, and speak on you know the the side of most individuals that i encounter and, and that i work with so from from my side um i you know when somebody discloses that they have an invisible disability the first thing i say is welcome to the world of the uniquely gifted and and i, yeah, and, I, love I it. and i know <laughs> this because of my own experience of of actually being gifted I I know that if I can conceptualize something I can master it Um, Mm. this is you know counseling is one thing that I do I'm also a a parenting expert I'm a counselor I'm a psychotherapist I'm an amateur chef and chocolatier I'm an innovator I'm now social media uh, has has kind of come into my wheelhouse Um, again if I can conceptualize I can master it I know that I rarely make the same mistake twice so I want to make as many mistakes as possible because I'm going to learn that much quicker. Now, to be on the other side of that, there's the guilt and shame of the constant failure and those who are closest to you who should offer the most love and support often show the least. And so you think of 30 years of of being that person, being that kid, the extreme anxiety and depression that I experienced was just you know, I I wouldn't wish that on on anyone, but I'm at a point now Mm -hmm. where I also wouldn't trade it for the world. But it it is a, a horrible lonely place and for somebody with an invisible disability you know I I kind of look at it this way for somebody who might have a mobility impairment or is in in a wheelchair there are signs and symbols all around that you can relate to for somebody with an invisible disability everybody looks like you but nobody is quite like you